When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Ben Davidson from Gold Derby here at Jessica Chastain, star of The Eyes of Tammy Faye, a fascinating look at the rise, fall, and redemption of televangelist Tammy Faye Baker. Jessica, you've been nominated for Critics' Choice Award. <laughs> the accolades are piling on for this performance, and I think that's just because you really went for it with this portrayal of an over-the-top, complicated, fascinating human being. And, you know, this could have so easily gone off the rails and looked like a sketch comedy or mockery, but it doesn't. And you're able to bring so much depth and empathy to this controversial icon. So I just, my first question is, what gave you the courage to, to go for this story? Uh, what gave me the courage? I actually don't know if I ever really had the courage <laughs> to go for it because. Um, I mean, I, I love her, loved her and, um, her family and, uh, you know, her kids, I, I wanted to acknowledge her for the incredible things she did. I loved the documentary, but I never felt like, oh yeah, I got this. Um, even right before we started shooting, even during we were shooting, I mean, there was one moment I felt comfortable when we were improving and I was like, oh, wow, I kind of, you know, I found my groove. But for the most part, I was like in abject terror <laughs> every day. It was, um, it's unlike anything I've ever done. And I just really felt in some sense, it's like, it's easier doing like full nudity because, you know, there was something so exposing about this uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the voice and the silliness and the camp, but also the pathos. It's like all of it felt, I just felt really exposed and the singing. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you see in Tammy Faye Baker that made you so dedicated to tell her story? Because you not only star in it, you produce it. Um, so how long has this been in the works and, and what made you want to bring this to the screen? I was on the press tour for Zero Dark 30 and um, I was jet lagged in a hotel room somewhere and, and the documentary came on and I was like, why hasn't anyone made this movie? This is such a great story. And I remember being a kid when she was on the cover of tabloids and just kind of knowing her for as being like this ridiculous figure and people making fun of her for her makeup and her voice. And she loved camp and she kind of really played into it. Um, And so she was made fun of for that, I think. And then the documentary showed the incredible things she did, especially, you know, the Steve Peters interview in 1985 at a time where I remember being a kid during the AIDS epidemic and, you know, there was so much homophobia in the United States and so much um, judgment and fear. So to have her do that was just a radical act of love, especially when politicians in the United States wouldn't even talk about AIDS, wouldn't even talk about the fact that people were dying. And so I just wanted to tell the story. I wanted to celebrate her for that. So then what is that prep work like for you? Because it's different to play a public figure that there's so much footage of. So as an yeah. actor, um, how do you balance creative freedom with 
accuracy? Well, honestly, the reality is I wanted to tell the story just the 90s. I just, okay. for me, that was the story. I wanted to just explore her after the fall. Um, that was my initial impulse, I guess. Um, but working with a team of people and collaborators, it just shifts, you know, in the story that you're telling. Also, once Andrew Garfield came on, it was clear, like, okay, <laughs> Um, we got to like show him because he's a great actor and his Jim Baker's amazing. So, um, we need more. We actually, uh, created more scenes, um, between Jim and Tammy, um, when Andrew came on, because it was an exciting prospect, uh, you know, having that collaboration. So it, I think the seven years of getting it from when the rights were bought to getting to set, it was in constant development. And as a producer, that's exciting because you're going through different phases. I mean, there was a time when I thought, oh, it's, we're going to look at the scandal. But then the more research I did, Jessica Hahn was like, in articles, like, leave me alone. I don't want to be known for this. I don't want to talk about this. So I was like, well, wait a minute. I don't want to create more trauma. I don't want to, especially someone who, who's been victimized in some sense, I don't want to profit off, her, uh, uh, um, off of further victimization. So how can we tell the story responsibly also and focus on what's important? And I really loved Tammy's idea that everyone is deserving of love. And I felt like that was something that needed to be um, addressed, I guess, in any time you're in. Yeah. And what were some of her ticks that you noticed? Because you got the, the shoulder shrug and the giggle. I mean, what are some of the things about her that you wanted to make sure you brought into this character? kind of just happened by osmosis. I mean, the voice to me was the big thing. Mm. I'm talking a little higher now because I'm nervous having an interview, but my normal speaking voice is like, it's a much lower voice and a lower register. She is so high um, in speaking. <laughs> like the pitch of her voice, it was kind of developing that because I knew her voice was a big key in for me. I watched hundreds of hours of unused footage that the documentary filmmakers gave me. So it really was just studying everything about her. It was reading about her. I kind of felt like I could have told when we were shooting, I could have told you what she did from each day. I could have, I knew what prefer, per, what perfume she wore from this year to this year, and then this year to this year. And I wore that. I knew what her favorite songs to listen to were when she wasn't singing like Jesus, you know, disco Jesus. Um, I knew so much, I, you know, about her and then also filling in the blanks and talking to the kids and talking to security that worked with her and people that knew her. I just felt like at, at one point it kind of just became this overlap where unbeknownst to me, I was making the gesture she was making. And even when we stopped filming and even to this day now, every once in a while, I'll be like, oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that was Tammy. It's like, she's just, I think because I studied her for so long and I was so enmeshed in who she was, I don't know that I'll ever really say goodbye to her. And the hair and makeup are so critical. Um, I had the opportunity to speak with Linda Dowds and Stephanie Ingram, who are the heads of hair and makeup, and they gave me some insight on the process. Um, but what was it like for you to go through a physical transformation and what does that change for you as an actor? It's a, it helps me 
Okay. It's complicated because, you know, if you look at a lot of the characters I play, I love any kind of physical transformation. And I find that sometimes with actresses, it's not as welcomed necessarily as with actors because so much with actresses, it's like the currency is the the way we look in some sense. Right. And so to change that, especially drastically can be a shocking thing. There's so many times I've come onto a set and a studio has been like, Oh, can we just keep your hair red? Or, you know, there's been a lot of conversations about the fear of me looking different than I do than the audience is used to seeing me. But I've worked with Linda and Stephanie for over a decade. I trust them implicitly. If you look at Molly's game, if you look at, um, X-Men, if you look at Miss Sloan, like all of these characters or Crimson Peak, it's all Linda and Stephanie. And I find that if I look like me and I'm playing a, a character, it's so much more difficult to find the truth of who I'm playing. I want to play people different than me. And, and so to have Linda and Stephanie and Justin help me so much with Tammy, I just don't know how it would be possible otherwise. I sat with Searchlight and uh, after the first test, which honestly was not a great day. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. And it, it's normal. It's like, it's like a first rehearsal of anything. It, it's, it's a tough day. And I was panicked. And David Greenbaum was like, we could do it without. And we did one day where we just kind of tried to do some makeup and we're like, no, it's there's so much about Tammy and how she presented herself. She was so aware of how she walked into the world. I needed to go through that. And by accepting it and understanding the obstacle, it actually helped me because it created more energy than I thought was possible. And that's, that's Tammy in a nutshell. Wow. And she was so into makeup that she had some tattooed on her face. So what do you think that represented to her? And do you think, you know, people made fun of her for it? You know, how do do you know or have any inside information about, you know, how she took that in herself? Yeah. Well, I think with anything, you know, when you're studying some, usually on a film, you don't get that much time to prep. And so you have to make a quick decision, unlike theater, where theater, you get more time to develop your character. Film, you make a quick decision and you live with it. In the beginning, I used to think about Tammy as like a woman who wore a mask and what was behind the mask. And then the more I studied her and I read her books and then also studied RuPaul, who narrated her documentary. Now, Ru says something about how drag isn't a mask. It's a revealing. And as we were making as even in editing the film, we realized actually she's not hiding behind a mask. She's revealing what she feels inside through how she's expressing herself. It's like a creative artistry for her. And so many people in her life was trying to change her. You know, she started in a Protestant church. No makeup was allowed. Like there's so many ideas of like, you're not allowed to be who you see yourself as. That I think she finally was like, I'm going to tattoo it on my face because then, and there is the scene in the documentary where the makeup artist is like, let me take your makeup off. And she's like, no. It can't, it's tattooed on. And in all of her books, and there's an interview with Roseanne Barr on the Roseanne show, Roseanne's like, your makeup's extreme. So many people made fun of her for her makeup and tried to shame her with it. That she finally got to the point of, you know what? I'm going to tattoo my face as, as a rebellious act of authenticity and individuality. 
And that was exciting to me to kind of like go beyond the stare, the first impression of, oh, it's a mask. What are you hiding to like, well, wait a minute. What if it's actually her expressing how she feels about who she is? And we do get to see her childhood in International Falls, Minnesota. And that was new to me. I didn't know much about her upbringing at all. So that's important to the story to see where she came from because she's the daughter of a Doris mother who was shunned from the church. So she couldn't attend for that. And her mother was only allowed in because she could play the piano. So how do you think that impacted Tammy Faye's trajectory? Oh, it's huge because in some sense, very early on, Tammy associated the spirit or grace with love and also being denied it as a young child. You know, she was the embodiment of shame. She was the child of the divorce, you know, the first marriage, the father left the family. So she, every time she shows up, she's a reminder of the shame of the broken home in that religious community. So she understands what it means to be on the outside, which I think is also why she worked so hard with any community that felt like they were forgotten or denied great, the grace of God. She worked so hard to make them feel included and loved because she knew what it felt like to not be. I think also, you know, when you read her books and you discover when she, she really had the moment in church where she spoke in tongues and it changed her life. I don't know that it's the grace of God. Or if it's a child that's so desperately in need of love. And when she does it, everyone in this community who thought she was unworthy and shameful now look at her with with love and as though she is now important. To me, that's everything about our movie, because it really connects her to why. What is this obsessive? Um, uh, connection she has with wanting to be seen um, in terms of being in front of the camera, in terms of how, why is she needing to connect to people? And I think it's, it's feeling unworthy of love. And she ultimately ends up sort of in the same position as her mother, um, rejected by a faith community. She was so desperate to be a part of. Um, And I also want to just you know, mentioned Cherry Jones, who plays the mother. Uh, brilliant. Uh, so what was that working with Cherry and, you know, what sort of mother daughter portrayal were you guys looking to show? Well, first I just have to, cause I'm obsessed with Cherry Jones and I'll tell you, I did as I did the heiress on Broadway and which I don't know why I did like Cherry Jones did the best version of Catherine Sloper that it could ever be on Broadway. And it was kind of like, wow, I got offered to do this play. Great. But like, without actually thinking there's already been the perfect performance, like why do it? And so I was already nervous about Cherry Jones and I was doing the show. And then one day afterwards, it was like 2012, she came backstage and she had just seen it. And I was like, Oh God, (laughs) (laughs) this actress who I adore just saw me. And she, was so generous to me and she had all these books that she handed me and she said, and she talked about acting as a sisterhood and about how, when she had played Catherine Sloper, um, Julie Harris gave her those books because Julie Harris had played Catherine and it's a passing down this kind of connection that we all have. And immediately, I mean, from then on, I just, I truly believe that also, I believe like the whole idea of ranking is such a, strange thing when you're kind of opening up your heart and your insecurities and your 
soul and your fear to strangers to be like, oh, well, that person did a better job opening themselves up than that person. It's just like strange to rank it. So she taught me so much in that moment. Um, and I just needed to work with her. I just, I'm obsessed with her. I find her to be a, an incredible human being. I find her to be one of the best parts of our film. And every time she's on screen, it's just like, oh, thank God. But I find that, I find that to be true about her in everything in succession in um, that movie. She did signs. I think <laughs> whenever she shows up, she's like one of the best things there is. And of course, Andrew Garfield, uh, who we mentioned earlier, plays Tammy's husband, Jim Baker. You two have great scenes together. Um, I love uh, the bedroom scene where the, the <laughs> conflict is is coming to a head and he just storms out. Uh, what the was lotion it? lotion like? scene. I yes. call that the lotion scene because yes, there was the a lot scene. of lotion on my body. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like shooting with him? Was, was there improv in some of that? Or, you know, what was that like working with Andrew? Yeah. I, I mean, he's, he's an incredible, I mean, and how wonderful too, he's having such a great year with this and tick, tick, boom. He's such a beautiful actor and he's someone who really throws himself in, in an obsessive way. So we have a very similar way of working. And for hours we would sit in the makeup um, trailer and share videos with each other and talk about the scenes. And we knew so much about these characters that by the time we were on set, Yes, we can improv. I mean, we were completely open to the other person and someone could say, so. I mean, there's a lot, like even in the trailer, like our big fight scene, like I built you an empire, you built you an empire. You're, I, you're not a, I, a woman needs a man. I'm a, not a man. You're a boy. Like all that stuff is all improv. Wow. It's just like having an actor who's prepared, who takes it very seriously. Um, isn't like making a joke out of something that you're, free to just kind of, it sounds so cheesy. I listen to myself. I sound so cheesy, but it, you feel like you can let go of your mind and just kind of like float with someone like that, you know, and, and that's Andrew. So I'm glad we had all those scenes that we created for, for him because it was one, it was probably the most rewarding part of making the film for, to me was um, having that partner in him. Yeah. And we're on a web, uh, an awards website at Gold Derby, and you've been nominated for a couple Oscars in the past for The Help and Zero Dark Thirty. Um, I'm curious, you know, what are your memories of like being thrust into that spotlight and getting an Oscar nomination? Do you have, you know, a, a weird or funny memory of that first big awards show that you attended? Well, yeah, I brought my grandma. That was exciting. <laughs> I mean, it really... What's shocking is it was exact. It was ten years ago, um, because my movies came out um, in 2011, and my first ceremony was 2012. So it was exactly, or not a year ago. Sorry, ten years ago. Yeah. And I mean, a lot's happened in ten years. I mean, I've really been very lucky because when I started in the industry, it was a time where women really had a shelf life, and I was entering the industry. At the show, <laughs> it was like, hey, welcome to this new actress. By the way, she's in her 30s. <laughs> it was really um, a scary time to enter the industry. And I feel so fortunate and grateful to have had the career I've had in the last decade. And I'll tell you, it was pretty intense because it was like being shot out of a canyon from the very beginning um, with the help with all of those movies, Tree of Life, Winning the Palm Door in Cannes, and 
my, the co-stars I was getting to work with having Gary Oldman walk up to me at the red carpet at the Palm Spring film festival. And like talking about my work, it was just, it could not, my life could not have been more different from one year to the next. And so I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful. Well, your performance as Tammy Faye is getting you well-deserved buzz once again. Um, it's such a bold performance. Uh, I will encourage our viewers to head over to goldderby.com, make your awards predictions, beat all those experts and prove you're smarter than they are. Um, and also check out more great interviews with top contenders. Uh, Jessica Chastain, thank you for taking time to chat with Gold Derby today about your work on The Eyes of Tammy Faye and good luck with everything in the going forward. Okay, thank you very, very much. <laughs> for all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com. Follow us on social media at Gold Derby.